Hello and welcome. You are listening to the Ditch Decade Diets Podcast. I am your host, Lorna Perozo, certified food freedom coach and founder of the Ditch Decade Diets Academy. I've spent 10 years in an unhealthy relationship with food, binge eating, over-exercising, and feeling insecure in my body. This podcast is all about helping you get to the root of your food struggles and teaching you how to rewire your brain so you can end binge eating. If you're ready to improve your relationship with food and cultivate more self-love towards yourself and your health, this is the podcast for you. So let's get to it and jump right in. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Getting Real with the Costas. This is our third episode, and we are just very excited to connect with you guys and share more about entrepreneurship, all the fun stuff. So, of course, Andrew and I have our own businesses, and we've been entrepreneurs for quite a hot minute, quite some time. Yeah, well, I, I think it's been, this will be the ninth year in terms of business operation, right? So yeah, a bit. it's been quite some, quite some time. So we're really excited to dive in and just talk about all things entrepreneurship. And I think the first thing that we're going to get started with is what actually made us want to become an entrepreneur. So I'll start off first. So it, I think it's so interesting because Maybe you guys can relate, but when I was younger, I always just saw like my mom was a teacher and whenever somebody asked like, what do you want to be when you're older? I'm like, I want to be a teacher because that's what I saw growing up. I saw my mom being a teacher and I was like, well, that's the path. Like that's kind of like what I need to follow as well too. And I had no, like entrepreneurship was not even in like the realm of like I, I never thought that I would ever be an entrepreneur. And, you know, I started recognizing that, you know, there are other jobs out there other than like a, a school teacher or like a dance teacher or like a janitor. Like we hear of all of these like standard um, kind of like typical jobs. And I think if you've had like a parent that has had one of those like typical nine to five jobs, you kind of just assume like that's kind of like the path for you. At least that was, you know, kind of what I thought in my mind. So I told myself, like, I'm just going to be a teacher. Like, you know, get the summers off. It's going to be amazing. And I was always into health and fitness and I loved working out. I loved moving my body and I always felt so good and I've transformed my body many, many, many different times and it just felt so good following a program. You know, I I started doing like beach body workouts and I would follow their program and I'm like, oh my gosh, like this is amazing. Like I would see, you know, great results and like the workouts were awesome. And then I hired like a personal trainer and then I hired another fitness coach and I was like, like, wow, like this is so much fun. Like I'm seeing results. Like this person's changing my life. Like this is amazing. And when I started getting like really good results for myself, I had a moment where I was like, somebody is literally like transforming my life right now. And I'm like, I got myself really good results. So if I can get myself 
really good results. I'm like, I can help other people do this as well too. And I was already getting so many messages. I started on social media. Jeez. When I was like grade nine, like 2009, I think, or something so crazy like that, like so many years ago. And everyone always tell me like, Lorna, you're so motivating. You're so inspiring. How do you do this? How are you so motivated? How are you so inspirational? How are you so driven? And I would get all these questions. Like, can you help me? Can you help me? Can you help me? And I was like, well, maybe I can do this for a living. Like, I don't know, maybe I can have my own business and like actually help other people because people were asking me. And I remember, um, you know, obviously going to university, going to college and whatnot and studying kinesiology, studying health and fitness. Um, and I was doing a little bit of like online coaching here and there. Like I was working at a fitness studio and whatnot, but I was like, like an entrepreneurship. I'm like, that seems like so much like work, like a business owner. I'm like, I don't know if that's me. Like, I don't really know. Like that seems like it's, it's just like kind of like a lot of, a lot of work, so to speak. So anyways, long story short, after going to college, after going to university, after working for a gym and people having like so many messages, you know, telling me that they want to work with me, I was like, literally like I could do this for a living. Like I can actually transform people's lives. Like I can have my own business, like doing what I love and also helping other people transform. So for me, like the reason that I wanted to be an entrepreneur is because I loved what I did. Like I loved at the time, like I was doing like fitness and health and I loved that. It didn't feel like work. I loved seeing the expression on other people's uh, face when like, you know, they, they were reaching their goals and their family's lives were changing and they were happier and they were healthier. And that honestly just made me so incredibly happy. And I think just one more thing, sorry, I know I'm talking a lot, but, um, I, I remember my uncle telling me and he said, like, you have something special in you. And I've always known, like, even as a little kid, like I always felt like, I was just like different than other people. And like, I never like in grade school, like I didn't want to like go out for recess. I'm like, I want to study or like my friends would go out and I'm like, I want to study. Like, I want to work hard. Like I, I want to study for that test. I want to do well on this exam. I don't want to go out partying. Like I'm going to stay home. I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to wake up at 4am. I'm going to do the gym Then I'm going to study. And I'm going to like, I've always done things that people normally didn't do. And I've always seen myself as a hard worker. And my, when my uncle told me, like when I was working for Beachbody, like you got to, you got to do something else. Like you, you can do something bigger for yourself. And at first I was kind of like triggered. Cause I'm like, you don't even understand this company, blah, 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 blah. But I, I felt that I was like, I meant for more. Like I love working hard. I love challenging myself. And I know I'm meant for something more. So that really sparked something in me. Like I am not meant to be a teacher. Like I'm not meant to work a nine to five. Like I am meant to like work hard, challenge myself, but it actually doesn't even feel like work when you love what you do. So that's kind of like a long-winded answer of what made me want to become an entrepreneur. It's crazy. Cause like in, in listening to the way that you transitioned, it's almost like the polar opposite of how I got into the, just being able to work for myself. Like, like you, my entire family 
all that they were focused on was just making sure that they paid the bills. Like my dad was a crane operator and he worked his traditional 40 hours a week and he got paid really well as a crane operator to the point where like, that's something I went into as a job. Like I became a crane operator as well too. And when you're starting at like 30 bucks an hour as an apprentice, and then you're going to $45 in your first year, like you, you know, most crane operators are making 120,000 a year. And as someone who was like, 22, 23, like as, as my going into a job like that, I knew that I could make a, a, a lot of good money. Right. Um, but crane operating was never my first choice. You know, being a mechanic was my first choice. I love cars. And for those of you who, who don't know me, like it, I have a Mustang cars are my thing. Like, it's just something that, that I like. And I think now you like the Mustang. Too. Yeah. I'm like, I'm going, I'm like, Sometimes we literally it's have to like now. switch the cars because especially when it's a nice day, I'm like, I want to take out the Mustang. Yeah, so, I don't want to drive my Nissan, yeah, so even though it's, it's there's nothing wrong with my Nissan. No, but, but I mean, it's, it's one of those things where like, I, I've always enjoyed vehicles and tinkering on stuff. So for me, uh, mechanics was that first thing that put me into it. And I worked at a lot of dealerships and I recognized very quickly that that was not a sustainable job because they pay by the job and they don't pay by the actual hour so it's like you could work 10 hours in a day but if the job was warranty and you only got paid and it only paid you two hours then your 10 hours actually only paid you two hours so like i got out of that industry so quick the moment i realized like i no joke i had a it was like 102 hours worked in a week 102 hours and out of the entire pay i got like 36 hours worth of pay so i was like this is stupid. No one in their right mind would ever continue to fix a car like this. Like you'd have to be a, a, a you know, a donut. And some people do this and then maybe they're comfortable with it and that's fine. But in my eyes, I was like, I'm not okay with working a hundred hours and getting paid less than the hours I worked. That makes no sense. So although I loved fixing cars, I was like, I only like fixing my car. And now <laughs> I'm just going to get out of this industry. Um, so when my dad was like, Hey, take this job, it takes money. I recognized very quickly that my, both of my parents do not like their jobs. Like the, my dad is not ecstatic to be crane operator. My mom is not ecstatic to, uh, to work in, in this supplement field that she works into. Uh, and although they're very hard workers, they're very driven. They, they show up on time all the time you know, my, my dad would always say like, I can't wait until I retire. Like, I, I can't wait until this is over. I've hated this job for the past 10 years. And in my mind, it's like, then why the hell are you still doing it? Like, why are you still in this industry? Because it, it, it doesn't make any sense, you know? And it was crazy because transitioning out of mechanics, I actually got what set me off on the on the path of, of entrepreneurship and this this transition. It was basically it was mechanic, it was crane operating, and then I ended up working at a dealer temporarily while I started my uh, my business on the side. So I actually got fired from the very last job that I had, and I got fired for taking a vacation that I had already put in notice for three months earlier. So I put in the notice and then my boss was like, Hey, we're actually busy. You're not okay. You're, like you don't have any seniority in this position. So you're no longer okay to go on vacation. And it was an entire family trip. So there was a, 
I don't know, like 20 of us or something. I, I was 20, there. 20. Oh, I, right. You weren't. And this was like the first, I think, like year of us dating. So it wasn't like right. bringing That's, girlfriends. Yeah. So it, I wasn't was invited, a, basically. <laughs> so you can just say that. <laughs> That's so sad. But I, I think there was like 20 of us because it was my, uh, like, my my dad's side even my uh yeah there was basically uh, it wasn't four, your dad's side there. i think it was only your mom's side mom's side yeah, yeah. four four fingers. i didn't even go on the trip and, and i know <laughs> so uh so uh, what happened was is you know I, it came to my boss I, w- I was like you know i don't i was already doing my my business on the side i decided after um that crane operating that for me it was like, I want to do a job that I loved. And what I loved was health coaching and fitness. So I started doing that on the side by myself doing that because one, I was like, I want to actually love my job. That's really important to me. And I can't do something that I hate. And in two, working for myself gave me the ability to control the way that I worked because I've hated every single boss that I've ever had. Not that they were that they were terrible people. They just didn't know how to be bosses, Mm -hmm. including this, this last, last boss, which really cemented for me going a hundred percent into my business uh, was there's no understanding. There's no conversation. It's basically just, I'm your boss and you're going to do as I say. And ultimately they were like, Hey, if you take this vacation, you're not going to come back to a job. So I said, really, that's how you're going to play this. Like I've given you the notice and you're just going to tell me that's it. We're going to walk away. Um, And he told me right then and there, that's exactly how this is going to play out. So I said, I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Shook his hand. And when I went literally the, I think it was like two days later to the airport, my family was like, oh, are you excited? I was like, well, I'm jobless and I'm also excited, <laughs> but that was in, you know, my, my ultimate kind of transition to uh, just pick up a couple small part-time jobs while I was building my own business. But for me, the, the biggest decider of becoming an entrepreneur was I don't do well with being told what to do. I never have been. I have. I I always do everything my own way and we get to the same result. Like by all means, I'm a team player. I'm here to support the team. But if there's redundant work, if something doesn't make sense, if it's not right to just be like, do it this way because I told you to has never been the way that, that I've operated. And also I'm not the type of human being to just do something for the sake of doing something. I ask questions. Why are we doing it this way? Why does this have to be done? How long is it going to take us to do this? And the majority of the bosses that I came across, especially in construction, were just shut the hell up and do this. And I don't know if it was a combination of a power trip or just because they're just worn down. But to me, I was like, this isn't the way to, to do anything, to be a boss, to, to communicate with somebody. And ultimately, I, I recognize for myself, like if I don't want to be in this type of hierarchy where I'm being communicated with like this, I either have to be on top of it or I have to be out of it. So I'm like, I'm not going to be a manager in construction. I'm not going to go into management in some corporate position. So for me, that was my decision. It was like, I need to work for myself and, and be able to do that. And it's like, 
you know, while you've only had that kind of one employer, right? Like, I mean, I've had people swear at me. I've had people yell at me, right? I've seen fights on job sites where people literally fist fight their bosses. That level of like toxic crap, it's just not okay anymore. Mm -hmm. So I was like, you know what? Fuck this. <laughs> this is totally stupid. Like, you know, you, you saw us. I mean, sometimes I come back from, from crying out being so pissed, so pissed and super stressed out. And it, it wasn't worth it. So for me, I was like, to be in an industry that I love, to be my own boss where I'm the one who tells me what to do is fine. And now I get to have control. And by that, it allows me to have the flexibility to do what I need to do to live the life that I want. Yeah. And I think, you know, even just thinking about like what entrepreneurship is like, sure. Yeah. It's like setting your own hours. Sure. It's like you get to decide the way that you want to do things, but like entrepreneurship is also leadership. Like I never thought that I would have to become a leader because I like, we have to lead our clients. We, if we have team members, like we have to be a leader. So like entrepreneurship, it sounds like sexy and it sounds all fun. Like just start your own business and you're going to make a shit ton of money. I hate that. I, especially on social media, when they like show you that thing, like you can start up a business in a day. It's like, no. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, like, yeah, it just, I think people think it's like become an entrepreneur and then you're going to become a millionaire. And like entrepreneurship is like hard work. It's showing up for yourself daily. It's being a leader. It's constant growth. It's constant evolution for yourself. It's navigating a lot of challenges, a lot of like, you know, navigating things that you've never had to navigate before. Like there are certain things that we've done as an entrepreneur. Like I never thought that I would have to like face that I would have to like deal, deal with. And it's not just like all rainbows and butterflies. Like I, I truly think entrepreneurship is, is you constantly evolving, you constantly growing yourself. And then it's like showing other people how to do that. I think the big thing too, that people need to recognize is like, it, I don't want to say that entrepreneurship is difficult, but it requires a lot of dedication and commitment. That's really what entrepreneurship is. It is commitment to the level path. Like anyone looking for like, I'm going to be an entrepreneur and that makes me happy. Happiness is like this surface level thing where like you really have to love, be passionate and be incredibly dedicated because happiness comes and goes and you still have to build a business. Okay. Uh, and when I say happiness comes and goes, I'm not saying like, it's going to leave and you're going to be miserable, but there's going to be challenging days where you're still going to have to be dedicated to your clients, to your teammates and continue to build and push through and do these other things as well too. And that's really, really important. So from an entrepreneurship standpoint, it's important for people to understand that like most businesses fail in the first two years, mm -hmm. like 95% of businesses fail in the first two years and entrepreneurship really is about not just, can you last these two years, but can you build something sustainable? Can you build something not just sustainable for you, but for your clients, for your team, if you're going to hire team people, because then they're relying their paycheck on you. So you need to create your own stability 
consistently every single day when there is no stability. Yeah. And entrepreneurship is about being willing to fail repeatedly, be okay with that failure. So you can always make fine tune adjustments and different versions of yourself. Yeah. It's not just like, Ooh, I can wake up and like, just do whatever I want today. It's also like accountability to yourself and like choosing to show up for yourself because when it's just you, especially if it's just at the beginning and it's literally just you, like you have to wake up every single morning and deciding that you're going to do this. It's not like, Ooh, I only want to be an entrepreneur when like things are going really well and the money's coming in and all the clients are so perfect. And like my schedule is absolutely perfect. Like only when things are easy or only when things are good, like being an entrepreneur is like dedicating to this, like over a lifetime. It's like on the bad days, on the good days, on the like challenging days, on the days where maybe you don't feel like doing something. It's like, it's only you. So it's like accountability here to yourself and choosing to show up every single day. And from a social media perspective, like any single, like the people that you think are successful on social media who are showing you all these positive moments, it's like for every successful person, there's 1500 people who are failing and they're not doing well at all. Mm -hmm. Right. And you're only looking at the highlight reels of, of everything. And especially coming in as, as an entrepreneur who was brand new, at least for me, I truly thought that I was just going to like pop open a sign, right. And just be like, here, like, here's my business. And then everyone was just going to give me business that my friends and family were going to help me with my business. And it was the absolute opposite. I opened up my door for business. Nobody cared. Nobody gave a shit at all. And guess what? That's because they don't know you at the beginning. They have Mm -hmm. no idea who you are. So why should they care about you? Two, family, they know that you've never done this before. So they don't want to be your test dummy. They don't want to be your your, uh, preliminary targets or or your example. And the majority of them are also going to say, let me wait a little bit to see if this is something that is successful. And they might not always be supporting you. They might not be those, those type of family members who are like, we got your back no matter what. Like in my family, maybe only a handful of people were like, hey, man, you got this. We're pumped for you. Everybody else is like, what the hell are you doing? Right. Mm-hmm. And if anything, putting questions into my mind, whether or not it was something that I should be doing. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes because of that, entrepreneurship can feel like such a lonely mm-hmm ride because it's it's not normal to people like like even for like our families and stuff to be like oh I'm gonna start my own business and I'm not gonna do a nine to five like I'm gonna start my own business it's like well like is that gonna be okay like are you gonna make money like is that okay like it's it's sometimes you know when you tell people that you're doing this you know it's not necessarily like a standard job right so it's like it's hard to sometimes talk to family about this or it's hard to even talk to friends about this or just anybody who isn't an entrepreneur because it's going to be really hard to understand. And I remember, you know, wanting friends like in the entrepreneur space so badly because I'm like, nobody else is going to get it unless you have created a business yourself and you're an entrepreneur yourself because the things that we have to, you know, face on a daily basis. It's like my friends from high school aren't going to understand the level of like dedication, the level of time. Like I remember, you know, just even side note here, it's like, I remember like 
like my friends would be like, Hey, do you want to come out? And I'm like, Hey, no, look, I'm working. And sometimes people wouldn't understand that. Like, we'll just take a day off or like, and I'm like, no, but like Monday, this thing is due or like we have clients on programs and it's like, no, they need to get their stuff. Like it's, it's like having people as well that understand the entrepreneurship so that you don't feel batshit crazy sometimes. Yeah. And you know, it's interesting when, when you say that, it's like, although we have the freedom as entrepreneurs to do anything we want, whenever we want, that doesn't necessarily mean that we can just do nothing all the time. Yeah. And that's what I feel like people think the golden entrepreneurship is where you can just work one hour a day and then you're being paid for nothing. Like, I, I don't know. That's not how entrepreneurship works. It's like you have, of course, the freedom and the ability to do anything whenever you want. But that being said, there are responsibilities that, that come as a part of that. Like if you don't want any clients, don't do anything for them and then they'll leave and then you won't have any clients like that's, but that's it. You know? Entrepreneurship. It, it is hard work. And sure. You absolutely could wake up whenever you want. Realistically, like Andrew and I, we could work whenever, like sometimes I'm up at like 6am and I'm like writing an email at six in the morning. Sometimes it's like eight, eight thirty, nine o'clock at night. And I'm like planning my week. Like you literally can work whenever you want technically, but at the same time, it's like you have, again, back to the accountability piece. It's like, you still need structure. We don't have to wake up at a certain time, but we do because we do like, we don't have to work nine to five, but like we work, you know, somewhat within those times anyways, because it's just like, well, we have stuff to do and we, we want to work those hours, but it's like, you have flexibility, you have freedom, but you also need to like set those boundaries for yourself. Like we, you know, we actually just booked a trip, a trip to Greece, which we should have started off with, but we're finally going on our honeymoon and we got married in 2021. So it's only been two years, two years, but (laughs) we're really excited about that. But it's like, we can go for however many days that we want. Realistically, like, it's not like, Oh, like, let me ask my boss if I can go. Like, it was like the easiest thing, just like, okay, let's book a time, let's book a date, like, let's do this. But also we're, it's like, okay, well, we're still going to have to bring our laptops. We're still going to have to check in with clients. Like we're still going to have to do these things. So although you can have like spontaneity and you can have fun and you can have flexibility and you can go on trips and you can go on vacations and heck on a Tuesday afternoon, we can go to a coffee shop or we can go out for lunch or we could do whatever it's like you still have responsibilities. You still have clients. You still are a leader. You still might be managing team members. Like it's not just let me do whatever I want. There is flexibility and fun, but there's also like, okay, I, I got to get shit done. Like I can't just sit on the couch all day and wake up whenever I want and go to bed whenever I want. There is still that like self-discipline. I think that's truly what, being an entrepreneurship is it's like it's it's self-discipline and with a mixture of like flow almost where like Saturdays and Sundays I don't have to work a lot of the times I do because I enjoy it but maybe on a Tuesday afternoon I'm like 
okay, I'm just going to go for like two walks and I'm going to go to yoga and I'm going to just chill on the couch. Like, you know what I mean? So it is kind of like finding that balance as well too. It's like putting in the work, but also like reaping the the benefits of it too. Yeah. From the structure piece, it's really like, if you want to build a sustainable and maintainable business, you have to build systems, processes, and structures in order for you to be successful as an entrepreneur. And the way that you find that out as you go along, and this is, I guess, a part of like how we've grown through this yeah. is like, first, like you're willing to do calls whenever you're willing to oh take anybody. Gosh, whenever. Yes. And like we had clients as early as 5am, in which case I had to be waking up at, you know, sometimes 3.30 or four o'clock to drive to a spot. And then the last client would finish at 9pm. And that wasn't sustainable. So mm-hmm. then through that, we had to grow and we had to learn boundaries. When do we stop talking to people? When do we have office hours? And then with that, the next challenge came into was when we were getting messages from clients whenever, where this is now where we have to then go and set, okay, well, from a structure perspective, when do we talk to clients? Mm -hmm. When do we have our response times for clients? When do we answer emails? Because if we don't set those things, or if we don't have some type of structure in that, although we are entrepreneurs, these things will take away the hours of our time. And then we become a slave to our business. And like, especially at the, at the start, like when we had the studio, Mm -hmm. you know, the, the studio, I, I really do call it, I, I called the first year of that, that place, like a glorified shackle. Like for me, it was like, oh, I'm a business owner, but like, you're not a true entrepreneur if you do not have control over your life. So if you don't have control over your schedule, if you don't have control over what you can do or when you can do it, and you're always at the mercy to somebody else, you basically work for the company. Like mm-hmm. you, you basically do not have control over it. And this is the difference. An entrepreneur works on their business, not in their business. Mm-hmm. And this is where that structure has to come into play. Yeah. And we've definitely grown so much mm-hmm. as an entrepreneur and like boundaries have been so huge because it's like when you're first starting your business, it's almost like, like, I just want to say like, like get what you can take them. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, like at the beginning, it's like, you just want to work with like everyone and, and well, you also like need money. Like, yeah. You like, want to pay bills and course. not be poor. So of course, right. <laughs> Everybody has that. Like, yeah. Six right. But then after it's like, I've learned boundaries and I've also learned like standards for myself of what I'm not willing to kind of tolerate because as you become an entrepreneur, it's like, you're doing this because at the end of the day, like you want to be happy. Like you want to have freedom. You want to have joy. You want to have happiness. Like you don't start your own business to be like miserable and be at the mercy of your clients and like, just be miserable all day. It's like you start your own business so that you can have freedom and you can make an impact and all and and be happy ultimately. So I really learned like even like values and like putting happiness first that like, it doesn't matter like how much money you make. It's like at the end of the day, are you happy? Because your happiness cannot be determined on like how much money you made that month. Your happiness can't be determined on like how many clients you've signed that month. It's like you need to be happy regardless. And I've I've definitely learned that. And 
I think also it's like self-love, like self-love to be like, when you're an entrepreneur, there's always new things coming up. I've never navigated this situation before. Okay, let me just try to figure it out. Or, you know, a client disagrees with you or there's like a defaulted payment or there's cancellations or or like you're putting yourself out on social media and you're making a video and someone like misunderstands you or you put out a piece of, you know, polarizing content and then it's like somebody like, completely misses the mark of what you're trying to say. And now you're trying to navigate that. And you're, and like so many times we have conversations, like, what do you think I should say? Like we, we sit down all the time and I'm like, Andrew, like, what should I say? Or like, what do you think about this? Because there are new things that just come your way, like every freaking day, every single week. And that really made me love myself so much more because I just give myself so much grace to be like, I might not know how to navigate this or I might be navigating this for the very first time. And it's like, I'm just going to be really like gentle with myself and compassionate. Um, I, so. I think to the, you know, when it comes to these things and people are like, oh, well, like how, how many times do these like client disagreements happen? Or how many times do like people, you know, cancel or, or there's payment stuff or whatever, like these challenges occur all the time. And the thing is, is you don't always have to know the right thing to do. Some of our growth and the way that we've made decisions as entrepreneurs is because the first time it happened and we made a totally wrong mistake, right? Like for example, you learn from it you, like when we first started our contracts, they didn't really mean anything. They were just mm -hmm. like, Hey, they're just sheets of paper. And then all of a sudden at the end, someone chooses not to go with the contract and you're like, oh, I should have really enforced our contract in our rules. So you're like, mm -hmm. so next time it's like, we walk them through the contract. They, we, they understand exactly what's going on. And now our contracts do mean something. Mm -hmm. And especially from, from a payment perspective, right? Like you could be like, oh, you know, someone misses a payment. That's totally fine. Right. But I remember, which was so eye opening, the second year of the, the, the studio, right. Um, I looked over the span of the entire year, you know, $400 here, $600 there. Right. And then at the end, it ends up being $26,000. And we're like, holy shit, $26,000 could be literally like, that's like five mortgage payments for, for yeah. the studio. That was all of these things. And it's like, at the end of the day, making the mistakes is a part of being an entrepreneur, but everything isn't a mistake. It's not a failure. You learn a lesson from it. Mm -hmm. And the, it, this is kind of a, a plus and a I don't know if it's a plus or a minus. It's just something that is, which is being an entrepreneur. If you don't fix your mistake, that same mistake will continue to happen over and over again until it forces you to fix it. Right. So like, if you don't want to have the hard conversations with people who are testing your boundaries, it gets to the point where then that conversation is just thrust upon you. And now you're being reactive to it. Right. It's kind of mm -hmm. like kicking the stuff down the road. So it's like, we have to address these things, but then also too, it's figuring out how to do things. Sometimes we don't even know how to do it. Like when we had started business, right. I mean, I had never spoken to an accountant before. I didn't know what questions to ask. I had never hired a lawyer before. I had no idea what lawyer was going to be the best one to start. We never had made contracts. We had never created a website. All of these things 
we had to learn. And the best part of that knowledge is we get to keep that forever. Like me and Lorna could literally like close shop, start a totally different business. And all of our skills are transferable with everything that we do because we learn through it. And I think one of the skills too, that we've also learned is like communication. Like, you know what I mean? Like how to, how to properly communicate with clients, how to properly communicate with these lawyers and these accountants and like just proper, proper communication and like being emotionally intelligent because there's also some days where you're navigating maybe behind the scenes in your personal life. Maybe you're going through something tough, but it's like, oh shit, three o'clock. I have a client call. I need to learn how to like, I need to learn how to like shift my state so that I can communicate this masterclass or this training in like a very powerful way without having my personal life kind of bleed into this. Like, you know what I mean? Like you have to, you have to be okay with like, even yesterday having like the best day of your freaking life. And then the next day, like something, you know, quote unquote bad happens or whatever. And it's like, you still have to communicate with your clients. You still have to communicate with your team. Mm -hmm. You still have to put like, not like put a smile on your face and like fake it or whatever, but it's like, you still have to show up. You still have to communicate with your clients that you're, that you're coaching. You still have to do the things that you, you have to do. Um, but just in regards to like even hiring people, like I remember like the first time that we had an accountant and I'm like, we have to like save all of our receipts and I have to like, I can't just like go to the store and like purchase something and throw the receipt out. And I'm like, this is so weird. Like, I'm like, I've never had to, to do that. Right. And again, what you said about the contracts as well too, it's like having things in place. And sometimes at the beginning, it's like, is it really worth it? Like contracts or like hiring a lawyer is like, you know, thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars, but it's so worth to do things properly at the beginning, even when you're just kind of like starting out because you're like, Oh, like, you know, it doesn't really matter. Like, I'm not going to have contracts. I'm not going to have boundaries. I'm not going to have standards. Like I'm just getting started. But like the way that I've always seen it and we've always seen it is like, this is a business. Like just because you're on a payment plan doesn't mean you can just not pay. Like this is a business. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and, you know, obviously I think too, as well, which is important with with that. Sorry, you, you go. No, I'm just saying like, you know, as entrepreneurs or whatever, it's like, you might do things for people, right? Like have an extended payment plan or a certain payment plan. And then it's like, you're doing them like the client or whatever, like a favor to support them and, and, you know, make it more feasible. But it's like, at the end of the day, like you still have to fulfill on what you said you were going to do. Like, it's not just like, oh, I'm going to support you. I'm going to help you. And then like, you can just not decide to pay, you know what I mean? So there's also like, you have, uh, like, we have to like stand our ground as well too, as like an entrepreneur, like this isn't just like a cute little business, like no, we are CEOs. Like this is, this is a, a real business, mm-hmm. you know? I think the big part about that is for you to, the communication is what's involved in that. Yeah, It's clarity. It's making sure that you, you are clear with your contract and you're clear with what the expectations are. It's proper communication in asking all of the questions upfront. So just like people ask, like, what happens if I can't pay? What are your cancellation policies, right? 
the same thing if you're working with someone like an accountant or someone else that you ask those questions up front. And if you don't know what questions to ask, then Google it, search it, ask other people who have hired stuff before. For those of you who have hired this person or, you know, when you have a client and you experience this, because if you don't have this, these questions or these things that come up, then that's where the communication and stuff can be lost. But that being said, if you've never come into something just appears for the very first time, right? Like maybe a client misses a session or something and you never had a 24 hour policy in place. You're like, Hey, you know, this happened the first time it look, it's on me. We didn't talk about it, but moving forward, we do have a 24 hour cancellation. It's literally what happened to me. So like normally for all my like one-on-one client calls, I ask for like 24 hours notice And I just had a new client come on and uh, she was doing another one of my programs. So I didn't, there wasn't a a boundary kind of like reinforced there or whatever. I didn't let her know about the 24 hour policy. And of course, like she had a reschedule and I was like, like, that's totally fine. Cause like, I didn't state that, but for like the people that know, like, Hey, Lorna needs 24 hours or like Andrew needs 24 hours or whatever. It's like, we now have clients that don't ask like, Hey, can I reschedule? Like, I know you said this, but can-? it's like, they just, they just know. Right. And it, and it's not just, um, it's, it's also, it, it works both ways. Like, it's not just like, Oh, like the entrepreneur can only have these boundaries. It's like, no, the clients can have, you know, boundaries as well too, as long as it's communicated, like before then and like having those standards or those communications, those boundaries in place so that like it works for, for both people. Right. Yeah. And a boundary stays until it doesn't work because you're allowed to change your boundaries as well too. If they don't work, as long as you communicate them, you always have to communicate it. So maybe you tell a client, Hey, you know what? I have a three hour response rate. You find that that's too long or too short. You can change things, but you have to let people know because people can't assume when you're making changes in, in making adjustments. That's really important. And I feel as, as entrepreneurs, we have what's called passive boundaries, which are like the kind boundaries that we say to ourselves. And then when someone's like in person with us at a networking event and they're like, Oh, Hey, can you come to my, and this is something that I struggle with. And that's why I'm bringing it up. Right. Where someone's like, Hey, can you do a consultation at my office in person? And I'm like, we're a virtual company. There have been times where I've caved or I said, Hey, you know what? Maybe we could work something out then. And it's like the boundaries have to be, they're universal across the board and you can't be afraid to talk or share about what those boundaries are. Yeah. Well, it's even funny. Like I go to a yoga studio and you know, there are some people that come to the yoga studio that like want to work with me and I'm like, okay, well like this is my process. Like, you know, reach out to me on social media. Cause like when I go to yoga, I'm going to yoga. Like that's my personal time and not to be like an asshole, like at all. And people respect it. They're like, sure. Like what's your policy? You know what I mean? It's not like I'm just going to go to the yoga studio. And then in the yoga studio, we're, you know, talking about different things. Like, you know, it's like, these are kind of like the, this is how I operate my business. And it's, and it's, and it's important to have those in place because it's just like a streamlined process. So you're not like doing one thing for one person over here. And then you're doing another thing for this person over here. It's just like having everything in place. Um, but why don't we talk about our schedule? Cause I love my schedule. I, talk about the, I just want to say one thing before we go into okay. the, the schedule piece. Right. Um, 
when you talk about that, about not coaching in, in person and in doing that stuff, people will test your boundaries or they will say, but I'm not willing to work with you unless you change this. And as a new entrepreneur, you might say to yourself, the money is worth more than this boundary. Yeah. But the reality is, is you're going to end up working with this person. It'll be a drag to work with them. You'll hate the process. And ultimately you're going to get frustrated with your business. Resentment. That's I've, really what I've it done is. a lot of things, taken seminars. Like remember when I did the, the presentation at the home show, like I'm a health coach and I'm here talking about interior design yeah. for people in their houses saying to myself, this isn't my topic. This isn't my passion. Why did I make a commitment with this? Why did I say yes? And even though in the moment, the yes was, oh, I can make it work. You really can't because it has longer side effects than just saying yes to please that person in the moment. I would rather not work with someone. And that's the best part. If you say, I'm actually not willing to do that, then perfect. You don't get a difficult person as a client because if they're difficult with you just to start working with you, they're going to be difficult with you to continue working with you in whatever business you do. Yeah. Good point. Mm-hmm. Now let's go on to the schedule because okay. Lorna loves her I schedule. love my schedule. So like, this is the thing about like being an entrepreneur is like you're wearing so many different hats at once. Like you know, you're posting on social media and then you're hopping onto a client call and then you're doing backend stuff and then you're filming a podcast and then you're going to a meeting and then you have downtime and then you got to work with this client over here and then you got to lead a training and then you have to plan a masterclass. Like there's so many things that you need to do. And like, even just like the way that our brain works is our brain functions when we are like dedicated to like one task. So you're not like hopping from task to task. So like, if you are doing content, it's like, okay, today I'm doing content or at least for these next two hours, I'm batching, I'm batching something, you know, I'm batching my content. It's not like you're going to do a coaching call and then, you know, maybe do content and then you're going to do a masterclass and then you're going to have a meeting. Like sure. Some days might be like that, but as much as you can really batch things, that's going to be really supportive. So for me my schedule, I love this so much. It's like Mondays and Fridays, our Lorna days. Like I do whatever the heck I want on Mondays and Fridays, essentially. Like love it. That's just kind of like what I do. Like Mondays, I might be planning like a masterclass or training. And then Friday, obviously we do like teen teachings and we sometimes record this podcast Tuesdays to Thursdays. Those are like my coaching days or those are the days that I run like my trainings or my programs and my masterclasses. I rarely ever do like a training or a masterclass on Monday or Friday, just because I know that the way that my body operates, like Mondays coming back from the weekend, I like to just kind of like ground myself and kind of like start the week, like just kind of like prepping myself for the week. And then Fridays, I know that I'm like a little bit more like tired. So I just need to like catch up on things. So like Tuesdays to Thursdays, that's when I do coaching calls. That is when I do any trainings. That's when I do any master classes. Um, I like getting up at like 530 in the morning and I like, you know, working out in the morning. For me, it's like if I fill up my own cup first thing in the morning, then I feel so good to be able to pour onto my clients. Like if I want to be the best coach for my clients, I have to first fill up my own cup. So I will work out, I'll go for a walk. And then it's like, I can start my day. Usually like I don't do anything before like 10 AM, unless it's like things that I want to do, like an email or like content, but any type of like 
trainings or master classes. It's usually not until actually like 11 o'clock or later. Um, and that's kind of how I like to, to run things. Um, and then Saturdays and Sundays, like I don't have to work, but I actually love working on Saturday and Sunday because there really is in my eyes, like no interruption. I don't do trainings. I don't do master classes. I don't have client calls. So for me, it's like, I have a whole two days or at least like one day to like do behind the scenes stuff, whether I'm like planning my podcast or I'm, you know, doing my content. Like I have time and it just feels so good. Like I love sitting on the couch. We have like the cutest little couch where like my little legs fit perfectly on it. And I'll sit on the couch and I will like just create and work. And I just like, I'm in flow because there really is no like interruptions. You know what I mean? So she has more of a, our, our schedules are totally different. Oh, and then I go to yoga like every day because (laughs) I mean, like, I just need, like, it just, again, like filling up my own cup. That's so, so important. Uh, Yeah. And and there's no right or wrong from a schedule perspective. You have to find something that works for you consistently and that you can maintain. That's a big part. Um, I'm a little bit different where for me, I do everything in blocks. So like a lot of my, where Lorna doesn't have like a lot of clients at the beginning of her day. Uh, all of my client stuff is at the beginning of my day. So like my clients start at 6 a.m. And then I basically squeeze my workout in between two clients. Um, and that's like Monday, Wednesday, and Friday are the bulk of where uh, my client stuff is. Uh, and then from there, I have blocks for when I'm doing social media. And then Tuesdays and Thursdays tend to be where I will either do things for my podcast or I will do things that require like posting or a long form writing. So that way I have these larger blocks because a lot of times people are blocking in these like 15 minute blocks. I've tried that many times. And it's like, if for some reason you have to go to the washroom or like if your day is offset or like whatever, your, your whole day is off. Now it's off and you're screwed. So it's like, I book two to three things. I have them in blocks. So I understand what has to be done. And then I leave myself uh, twice a a week. It's about an hour and a half of shit happens moment. But that's so so important because as you know, as an entrepreneur, it's like you can have the most perfect schedule. Even like you got a call for like the rental property and you had to drive over. And it's like, as much as you want to perfectly plan your day of like, this is when I'm going to do my workout. And this is when I'm going to do this. It's like, sometimes it actually doesn't go as planned. And like what you said, it's like you have those blocks of like, you know, white space to like fill in maybe what you didn't get done or, you know, what you thought you were going to get done, but you actually didn't get done. So it's like that buffer space, right? See, it's interesting. Lorna likes to not have anything in the calendar, right? Whereas me, everything is in the calendar. My sleep. I have stuff in my calendar. No, no, I'm not saying that your calendar is empty, but I'm saying like, (laughs) if you were to look at my calendar, it would would give people a lot of stress, but the times are just blocks in which I like to complete something. He literally has meal time (laughs) and it's like bathroom break. It's not not bathroom break. So I've got four meal times (laughs) in, I have my sleep in, I have one when I'm doing my workouts. And then with that, what I like to do is I like to put in my calendar, all of the immovable stuff. So nothing that anything that doesn't move, that's the same every single week, it's in there and it's automatically blocked. And that allows me to see the gaps of how much time do I actually realistically have to do something. Yeah. And then one thing that I do as well too, when I'm scheduling is 
by filling up the spaces in the blocks, I can see to myself the time it actually took me to do that specific task. So then when I'm booking it next week, if I need to, like my podcast, I know writing a podcast takes me about two and a half hours. Yeah. So if I'm going to book half an hour on my schedule, it's not realistic. It's not real. It's It ends up stressing me out. So it's like, block what's actually there. So my entire days end up all being filled. Even my shit happens block, I block it into the schedule. So then I know these are the things that I can focus on. Now, if I complete all of that stuff early, amazing. Focus on other stuff that you have earlier in the week. Yeah. Or what entrepreneurs should do is do nothing and enjoy your fucking life. Because <laughs> that's the whole point of like entrepreneurship. That's purpose. And I remember okay. when I first started like my, like being an entrepreneur and like, even with my calendar, I was like, I need everything to be so meticulous. But even just between Andrew and I, like, yes, we're two entrepreneurs, but like we even still have different like energies and different styles and even different schedules. So like, I think that just goes to show you too, like there's not one right, one way to like run a business. There's not one way to be an entrepreneur. Like they, you know, they've heard, you've heard maybe like get up at 5am and like, you have to like, and it's like some people work really good late at night. Some people work really good first thing in the morning. And it's really like what works best for you. I used to plan my schedule, like, to a T and I would always be so confused as I'm like, like, what do I put in my calendar? Like, you know, especially like at the beginning when like, you don't have maybe much stuff. And I'm like, but I see all these people saying like back-to-back meetings and all these things. And I'm like, but I'm just start, like, I was just starting, like, this was like seven years ago. So it's like, also don't compare where you are to like any other entrepreneur. Like I've learned my, I've learned for myself that I actually like to be a little bit more intuitive and spontaneous. And I put my workouts in my schedule. I put, when I go to yoga, I have my walks in there and my client calls, but then for the most part, I'm like, Ooh, like, what do I feel like doing today? Or like, what needs to get done? Okay. I have a masterclass tomorrow. Okay. Well then I'm going to prepare for it, you know? And, And then it's like, you just get better at your schedule over time, seeing how think how long things take and stuff like that. Yeah. And I think from the how long you got to put in your schedule to work on your business, it's about consistency. It's not about 16 hour days. I really do think that like, cause I used to do the 16 hour days at the studio. I don't think that it helped us progress at all. No, I just, I working just more is not this, better. You know, this, excessive amount of stress that was not worth it whatsoever i think it's when you're you have to book in what is realistic for you like Mm -hmm. we started as entrepreneurs and we were working another job and we allotted time because of that at one point i had uh, after that um uh, holy cow uh, losing the job at the dealership okay i had three jobs right Mm -hmm. a little bit of bartending there was working at Lowe's and then there was uh, snow removal, right? Mm-hmm. That was literally like six and a half to eight hours of my day alongside building my business. And then as your business continues to grow, you drop other things. And this is responsible entrepreneurship. Let's be real. These people who are like, go zero hero, work 16 hour days, wake up at 3 a.m. That's just stupid. It really is. Nobody needs to be doing that. It's be smart about it. 
I was able to drop individual jobs until then I had the snow removal and I had my business. And at that point I was like, I'm spending 30% of my hours here. And with the money that I'm making, if I spent that 30% time doing this, I could get that money. Yeah. And that's what made me drop my last job. So when we're booking stuff into the schedule now, I mean, although our days look different and like Lorna likes, she's a, definitely a morning person for sure. I'm not, I am not a morning person. That's not where my focus, my productivity comes. It's more the afternoon to the evening aspect. So we block things accordingly. Mm -hmm. Right. And it just so happens that the majority of my days now have probably six or six and a half hours worth, worth of, of work, but it's focused work. It's good work. And it's work that moves my business forward. And something that I've actually like learned as being an entrepreneur is like, it's not about more hours. It's not like, like I said, like working 6am to 10 o'clock at night, because when you're just like forcing yourself to do things, like nothing good comes out of that. And the whole point of like being an entrepreneur is because you want that level of freedom, right? So it's like, it's, it's okay. Like if at four o'clock in the afternoon, like I want to go get my nails done or like Andrew wants to go for a run or whatever. It's like, it's, it's really being okay. And understanding that it's, it's not about working more hours. It's actually being efficient at what you're doing because anybody can say, Oh, I worked 10 hours today. I worked 16 hours. Like it, they wear it like a badge of honor. Yeah. It's and I'm like, so ignorant. And like, now I'm like, but I don't even want to work that long. I'm like, for me, I'm like, I'm an entrepreneur. And I think also another thing too, it's like, we both have offices upstairs and in my mind, I'm like, okay, I have to, you know, be so proper, got to be in my office, got to do this. And like now, a lot of the times I'm like working from my couch because the reality is, is a lot of the stuff that I can do and the stuff that we can do, we can work from wherever. So it's not like, it's not one way. It's like the way that you want to do things like, heck, you can go to a coffee shop, you can work from home. Like you like going to a, you know, a co-working space. Yeah. Like I like being at home in silence with, no one <laughs> myself. Like, I love that. I'm like, it makes me so happy. Right. So it's like really finding your flow and yes, entrepreneurship is hard, but like you have to enjoy it. Like you have to have so much fun and you have to find really what works best for you. I think we should talk about whether or not people should be entrepreneurs. Cause I think that's really important. Entrepreneurship, although obviously we are definitely biased right i mean we love entrepreneurship and it's and it's given us our, our best life don't think that you have to be an entrepreneur in order to be happy or that you have to own your own business in order to make a lot of money or to live a life of your own choosing that's not true whatsoever there are tons of people who are a thousand percent like we have friends who are a thousand percent content working a nine to five who are passionate about what they do, who make money for them to be able to live and do what they want. And it's not for everybody. So don't think because you're not happy in your job right now that all of a sudden you're like, well, fuck it. I guess I'm just going to become an entrepreneur because that might not necessarily be for you. Maybe you need to find another job or do something else. Well, and, and that's the thing. Like if you just want to be able to have your own hours and like work from home and like that's all you're looking for Freelance. don't don't be an entrepreneur like go work for somebody else who has an online business where you could like work 
your own hours or work from home because that's not entrepreneurship. Like, you know what I mean? Like if you're just looking for like, and also if you're just looking to like have your own hours, work from home and just not do anything, do not be an entrepreneur because entrepreneurship is like the furthest thing from that is obviously you're probably seeing in this. Um, And also it's like not, I don't truly believe that everyone should be an entrepreneur because it's like, you have to be okay with those hard days. And that can honestly break somebody. Like at the beginning, I was at the beginning, I had thoughts where I'm like, it was like the smallest thought, but I was like, maybe I should just work for somebody else because it's a lot. Like sometimes having to navigate so many things and like having breakdowns and sometimes crying. And it's like, maybe I should just work for somebody else where I can do what I love and be able to, you know, do what I love, but not have to deal with, the shit that that sometimes you have to deal with as like a business owner, as an entrepreneur, right? But if you're not willing to go through some of those like tough conversations or those tough days, it's like you might start your own business, you might start being an entrepreneur, but it could break you. And I'm not, and I'm not saying this to to be like, oh my gosh, nothing, don't do there's it. There's nothing wrong with being real. Like, yeah, Lorna's very, you know, very liberal, saying that she had tiny thoughts. There were tons of moments where I was like, why the fuck am I doing this? Yeah, it was it was ridiculously hard. Like, there's there's nothing like you're like again at the at the studio where it's like you finish your day at eleven thirty and you have like two hundred bucks in your account and you're like, what am I doing? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It, it it definitely takes a a not a special person because I do believe that anyone and everyone could be an entrepreneur. I don't think I believe okay? that. I don't I don't believe everyone has the work ethic. I don't believe that everyone has anyone can develop work ethic. They just have to be willing to do it if that's what they want. And some people truly it like, and we know this. We have friends and family members who are like straight up. I don't care about my job. I don't care about how much money I make. Money means nothing to me. I just want to, I want to just chill and just live my life in a chill. They don't want to build that work ethic. And that's cool. That's fine. Not everybody has to be this go, go person. Who's like, I'm out to get the world or I'm going to, you know, do, do this stuff. I do believe that anyone just like freelancers, right? Freelancers like freelancing is technically not entrepreneurship. It's like you are freelancing for another company. So it's like, I want to be able to set my own pay and my own hours, but I want stability. And that's what freelancing is. It's technically not entrepreneurship because you're working for somebody. You just get to choose who you're working for. I think what I meant is like, I truly believe that everyone can be successful entrepreneurs, but I don't think there, I don't think everyone's willing to okay you know what i mean i I truly believe that like that i agree with if you start your business or whatever you absolutely can be successful like you figure it out like you know half the things that we did at the beginning we had no idea what we're doing but it's like i truly believe everyone can be a successful entrepreneur but i don't think everyone's willing to like i said go through those hard days and like keep showing up when things maybe aren't working and like the consistency and and the accountability and all of those things that that's what i uh, it was, I think, my mechanics uh, coach in college who said, a restaurateur does not make a good restaurant owner. 
when people were saying, should I start my own shop? And it's like, just because you like something and you're like, I love food, I'm going to open up a bakery. No, you have no business opening up a bakery. You're not like, you know what I mean? It, it's like entrepreneurship, just because you love something doesn't necessarily mean that step is a part of the love. Well, and that's just even when it comes to like, you know, being a coach and we're going to have a separate episode on the whole coaching industry, but it's like, just because like you've gotten yourself good results doesn't mean you can be an entrepreneur. Like I remember when I started with Beachbody and, you know, I got myself good results and I just wanted to help people be healthy and, you know, be fit and all that stuff. And then it was like, all of a sudden there was like a business aspect of like, I needed to start getting other coaches. And I'm like, like, I don't, I don't want that, you know? So it's like, just because you're good at like one thing and maybe like you created a transformation in yourself, it's like, doesn't mean that you doesn't necessarily mean you have to like start your own business or be an entrepreneur. Like you can just be a coach for somebody else or you can, you know, I think there's, there's that aspect too. Absolutely. Yeah. Entrepreneurship has, has limited possibilities and, and it's really great to understand the positives and, you know, the, the challenges that come with it. Cause I don't think even in regular jobs, I don't think there are downsides ever. People who only see downsides and negatives that's not a job thing. That's a them thing. You know what I mean? Like, for example, if someone works in corporate and they're like, oh, the downside is, is you have to work. A-. No, like, it's like, if you're choosing to work for someone else, you are trading stability for your time. And in order for them to make money on your time, it means that they can't pay you what you're actually worth. Because if you make, if you make the company $40, they can't pay you 40 because then they make nothing. So yeah. they're going to pay you 20. So they make 20 and you make 20. Mm-hmm. That's how working for somebody else works. Yeah. But I think, I think like a lot of things that we talked about in this episode, even if you are not an entrepreneur and you have like a nine to five job, like you can still utilize a lot of the, the things that we talked about in this yes. episode. Like even when it comes to boundaries, like I had this one client who, you know, she was working with kids. She was working like as like a special needs teacher and she was not being treated well at all. And, you know, she was a people pleaser and it's really easy to just be like, yes, like I can do that. You want me to do this? Sure. Like you want me to work this day? Sure. No problem. But it's like, it's still having those boundaries in place and it's still not letting people like disrespect you. Like, even if you aren't, you don't have your own business, you know, if you are stretched thin and you can't, you know, make that project happen until Friday and they want you to do it on Wednesday, like there's nothing wrong with communicating how you feel and, and, and maybe stating boundaries of like, Hey, like I need to be finished at this time or, and you'd be so surprised. Like, I think like, bosses, like obviously not all of them, but a lot of them, it's like when you bring something up to their attention, it's like, if it also makes sense for them, like, and you're going to be more effective, like why not? And if not, then it's like, well, then maybe you need to go find another job. But like, obviously it's not that easy. A fine example of this is a salary job. Yeah. Salary, salary jobs sometimes can be like mini traps and we've never been in the salary position, but we have a lot of family members who do, who a salary position is like, we're going to pay you 60,000 a year and you're going to work 44 hours a week. And you agree to this. You're like, I agree to the terms, but then through the course of working with them, they're like, 
oh, Paul can't make it into work today. Can you do Paul's job? Oh, um, you know, and you Tina, feel obligated to say yes. Yeah. So what happens is, is now the terms that you agreed on, the boundary that was set, the trading of dollars for this is no longer equal. Mm-hmm. And that is what makes you feel unhappy because yeah. you have to address it the moment that it comes up. So just like this happens as entrepreneurs, when, when we communicate, it also happens in your personal life too, that your boundaries are going to be tested. And if you're the person who always does the overtime, overtime will be expected of you. If you're the person who's always going to stay late, staying late becomes an expectation. Because the moment you do that for free, you're saying my boundary means nothing. Mm -hmm. And I am willing to do this for you for no problem. And this is why I think a lot of people who work for other people then start their own businesses. Like it's very rare. I mean, doesn't mean it doesn't happen, but I think it's more rare for somebody to start their own business to then go back to like working for somebody else versus, you know, I can't even imagine working for somebody else anymore, not in like a, a, a bad way of like, Ooh, like look at me, but it's just, you've, you know, you've de- developed the, those strong boundaries and like those standards that it's like, I almost like, I can't see myself working for somebody else, you know, if it, and this is hypothetical, cause obviously like we love our, our businesses and stuff like that. If it was working for a coach, or some type of executive thing where those boundaries are already set, maybe. But if it was like trying to go back into our previous fields, there's no way for me. I I wouldn't be able to do that. But even like going for another coach, I'm like, I have, I have the best freaking programs. Like I, like the way that I do things is the best of the best. (laughs) So like, I'm not gonna, you know what I mean? It's like, I think that's, you also develop as an entrepreneur you develop your way of doing things and people gravitate you because you, you have something in you. Right. And it's dependence is is huge. Yeah. And it's not like somebody just like hires you because you get them a transformation. It's like somebody hires you because of you and your personality. Right. So it's like, there else also is like that, that like special spark Mm. to all of us, you know? Absolutely. We're special sparks. Oh, wow. This is a long ass episode. Woo. But hopefully you guys enjoyed this about entrepreneurship and it's honestly so much fun. It is so freaking rewarding. It's like, I'm just so excited for Greece. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just like, we can like bring our laptops. We can work. Like, it's just going to be amazing. It's going to be so much fun. But in all honesty, like if you want to start your own business, you want to be an entrepreneur, like honestly do it. Like it is the best thing that you're going to do for yourself. It's going to be tough. It's going to be challenging. There's going to be days where you maybe want to give up, but it's so freaking rewarding at the end of the day. And it's just, it's incredible. Absolutely. It is. So don't regret it. Thank you guys so much for listening and being here. We'll see you guys in the next episode of getting real with the Costas and we'll see you guys soon. Bye.